0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash haveadrink. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your device. Also, by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow.
1: Ah, tea. That ancient beverage used unwind at the end of a long day. Or 4 p.m. if you're British. I know there is no alcohol here, but it is so soothing. So we are going to try at least to start with some general information for our first non-alcoholic episode. But we've probably bitten off a little bit more than we can chew. So let's just go ahead and find out as we have a drink. (laughs)
0: to have a drink show where you learn along with us about what you drink i'm Brittany lee walker
1: i'm justin frazier
2: i'm christopher walker and
1: i'm casey price
0: hello
2: hey guys okay so so we've all had like amazing adventures this week right so casey how many how many states how many breweries did you hit (laughs) i mean it's got to be insane
1: uh no breweries three four states okay went to mississippi and i've been there before so i decided not to take a ton of time uh, and and cash money as it is <laughs> to go to some of those breweries.
2: Yeah, it can be exhausting. I think I hit uh, a couple releases today, and it kind of financially tapped me. Considering what's what's that I hear just around the corner for April first and April second? It's the release of KBS from mm. Founders. Yeah. Did we
3: get confirmation on that date?
2: Yes, they have uh, official KBS day is uh, March thirtieth. So, mm. I expect it within a week, like just after that, to be in local areas. So,
0: it's looking like Monday, I believe. Yeah, uh, By Monday.
2: Monday is where a lot of places around here are going to have it. In Cincinnati. Mm.
0: Yeah. Other than that, no. I don't think we've been up to too much. He went to a release this morning. I slept. I was excited. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was excited. She
2: was so pumped that I was going to the release. Oh. She kept sleeping. Yeah. Well, he
0: woke me up, and after we'd already discussed, like, oh, you don't really have to go since you're not really, uh, yeah, it's fine. And I was like, ah, uh, because what it was is we were going go to go um, to, this weekend was supposed to be uh, the third anniversary at Braxton, their big party.
2: Then the big no. bad snow came, and everybody everyone... got
0: scared about the snow, which it had barely, it didn't even stick to the roads, but uh, whatever. So they moved that to next weekend when I can't go. Because <laughs> I was looking forward to the food trucks,
3: <laughs> with, the, with empanadas being a key.
2: The empanadas yeah. will be a key, and the and red Korean barbecue will also be a key. Uh, yes. Oh yeah,
3: mm. what's Korean for here? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, <I don't. laughs> uh, if okay. they had
2: the kimchi hot dogs, it would make my year. Yeah, I no, that's.
0: I would be. I would live on those. <sighs> Sad right. face. Bob, have you been up to just or just working? Uh,
3: working and prepping for uh, for something for uh tomorrow uh not tomorrow monday
0: Mm. i've got
3: i've got adventures for monday but that's that's spoilers for next week
0: ah (laughs) right yes never mind okay fair enough all All right right. well uh got a few announcements
2: we need announcements Mm. bumper
0: i know but uh, then at the end we're like bumper crazy i don't know i don't know what the what the balance more
2: bumpers more sounds (laughs)
0: uh
3: more sounds less me
2: if it's not, I if it doesn't sound like God, an bump. AM or not AM, but a morning talk show, all the on, bumpers on yeah. an FM radio, then then it's just wrong. We need
0: one that does like, you know,
2: no, no, <laughs> get your bullhorn, yeah. no airhorn. Uh,
0: so our next no episode horn. is going to be Saturday, March thirty first at nine p.m. Eastern time, and we're going to be covering port wine. wine.
3: I live
2: alone.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: uh, and that'll, that one will be a weird one
2: because three of us will be in meat
0: space one of us will not
2: i will be controlling and you better believe this is going to be a completely different show with me at the <laughs> it'd home. be a disaster
1: i <laughs> want to be prepared to take uh take control <laughs> yeah. back to to home so base
0: casey's here. got a backup if nothing else casey knows how to run the show at this point so uh, hey no
2: no no you don't take this <laughs> from me Cause that just means me and Bob will get all of our terrible punny jokes in. Like,
1: <laughs> we're gonna change the passwords between now and then.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, also, we finally it's have a, a date. Cup
3: came into frame. Sorry, I got
1: distracted. <laughs> it's tea. It's what happens.
2: Pinky's out, everybody. Pinky. Uh, hmm. I'll even. That's a requirement for this episode. pinky's out. Um. <laughs> I, so I can't
1: do a pinky out. I have a mug. Your tea <laughs> looks remarkably like a beer, Chris.
2: You know how I like to uh, skirt around the rules. I'm pulling a Johnson with it here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, uh, so
0: uh, so we mentioned earlier about thanking our patrons, patreon.com. Uh, well, our patron hangout for our um, $5 patrons will be Saturday, April 21st, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so basically the same day, because we're, you know, super planners. It'll be the same day that we're going to do a normal show.
2: <laughs> <Free> show <laughs> An hour, hour later.
0: Yeah um so if you back us at the five dollar a month level you can look forward to that and uh no um we haven't really confirmed what platform it's going to be on Uh, i have to see if discord can handle it it'll either be discord or skype though um so there is that to look forward to Also, as far as normal announcements are concerned, uh, we'd like to remind everyone that our news show is up and it has its very own feed. It is live every Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Look for Have a Drink News in your podcatcher of choice. Mm. Uh, Finally, we are happy to join the Diamond Club team in the year-round Extra Life campaign to support Children's Miracle Network. Donate to our page and help us help the team reach the $10,000 goal. Visit bit.ly slash life. That's H-A-D, extra life, all lowercase.
3: We had an extra life. We lost <laughs> it.
2: We're, we're trying to it get more. the best name. <laughs> we're trying to get some more no, extra I... lives, literally. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I actually like it, Brittany. I was just, it just <laughs> I seemed the right joke to make. <laughs> fair enough,
0: fair enough. You, you can't miss those opportunities.
2: Yeah, and that's all being hosted uh, by our good friends over at Ritual Misery yes. Podcast. can't so. name us name us, yeah. Uh go check them out if you want to hear two lifelong friends uh rattle on about things. The only way lifelong friends can, and it's great. And usually really good interviews there. So with alcohol. <laughs> yes, uh, uh it's about right, yeah. <laughs> it's it's sometimes more alcohol than we have on this show. So uh those two yeah. They they, it can, is make sh- they until can make a beer they can make a beer show out of
4: tea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, uh so I think we have uh some news. <laughs>
2: Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so the Brewers Association has updated their style guidelines for 2018. hmm So the Brewers Association is the nonprofit trade group uh, dedicated to promoting and protecting America's small and independent craft brewers. Today released its beer style guidelines for 2018, reviewed and revised annually by the Brewers Association. These guidelines serve as a model resource for brewers. Beer judges and competition organizers and celebrate the great diversity of beer around the world. Hundreds of revisions, edits, format changes, and additions were made to this year's guidelines, including updates to existing beer styles and the creation of new categories. So we're just going to talk about the things of note here. So what you should uh, pay attention here is, uh, what what's this, I believe it says here, uh, it's a little hazy, oh. juicier hazy ale styles. Oh! Oh, shit <laughs> so the addition of this trio oh, no. the addition of this uh trio of styles includes representations of what may be referred to as new england ipas or west coast hazy ipas the styles will be identified in the guidelines and Brewers association competition as juicy or hazy pale ale juicy or hazy ipa and juicy or hazy double ipa So other things that were shoehorned in here, we have Contemporary American Style Pilsner. Uh, The addition of this new category addresses Marketplace Expansion and provides space for sessionable craft brew lager beers with higher hop aroma than found in Pre-Prohibition Style beers. Uh, You also have Classic Australian Style Pale Ale and Australian Style Pale Ale added. And I think this was a big one that I hadn't paid attention to, that it was missing, was uh, GOSA and contemporary GOSA.
1: Yeah, GOSA used to be, I think, in the historical, historical.
2: styles. Oh. Yeah. So it got moved out of historical and into a real <laughs> style.
3: Yeah, because well, it's it's getting more, uh, getting more play, let's yeah, say. Yeah,
2: it's back <laughs> yeah. in a big way. Definitely. Uh, yeah, predominantly technical in, tweaks. In many ways,
3: Chris, the GOSA never left. It's still been... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, it's been offering uh, salty, sour beers (laughs) at
3: affordable prices for years.
2: So, yeah. uh, Okay, I think we touched on it a little bit in the news episode, but uh, thoughts on Juicy or Hazy now being officially a style recognized?
0: It's about damn time. (laughs) Rabble, rabble, rabble. I mean, that's about where I'm at, actually. So, yeah, it just makes sense.
3: Yeah, kind
2: of... Resumming it up, I like the idea because it is, it's is—it's going to even out the playing field a lot more because they shouldn't be judged next to what we would call a West Coast IPA. They are two different creatures. One's going for a completely different flavor profile and mouthfeel than the other. So it, it it's not right to put them against each other. Hmm.
3: Uh, I, I will say, like, I'm joking when I say it's about damn time. I'm actually surprised it happened this quickly. Um, <laughs> but... I am glad that it's included. Uh, I'm also glad that uh, Gosa is in uh, in uh, regular play now. I guess. Yeah. It's now in standard. We've moved it out of wild.
0: I love Gosa's. Uh,
3: the I, there's a classic Australian style pale ale. Makes me go, <laughs> I, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. That yeah. That one's a bit of a, a bit. But at the same time, we haven't really looked into that too much. So.
2: Well, I, I see. The uh, contemporary see show ideas. Yeah. Someone give me my notebook. Contemporary American style pilsner. I was like, is this in response to the pastrami pilsner? Ugh. Did someone have that? <laughs> and they were just like, no, uh, this has to have its own category. The pastrami pilsner. And everyone's like, oh, that's disgusting. You can't drink that. And I'm like, no, give me the pastrami pilsner.
3: It's like you can't you drink know. that. You watch
2: me. <laughs> uh, <little>. Witness me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I feel like that's what's gonna happen if me and Chris get our hands on this.
2: I, I've, it's a jungle, gems. I could get a pack. It's just no just one just will drink, drink it like me. Just I'll drink it with you. you I'll saying? be your Huckleberry. Yeah, not me. <laughs> All right, I'm getting a pack. That's settled. All right. Pastrami pilsner. Next time I'm up,
3: we're gonna we're gonna be doing some pastrami pilsner. Do you eat that
1: with a uh, uh, with rye bread or with a rye whiskey? You get that with a rye whiskey for boiling. So beers. a um, pastrami, a pastrami. Beer and a rye whiskey boiler maker. Yeah.
3: Is this what I'm thinking? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this this took happening. a dark turn. I feel no, it like. did. It. It, took, it
3: took
2: the It right Did
1: it take turn. a dark turn or a glorious one? <laughs> Speaking uh, of turning, let's turn on into the next segment.
3: Yeah. Get
4: r- riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, son!
3: That's the sound of Untapped, I hear. Mm. <laughs> and yes. uh, we now have an official badge of Record Store Day. Which is a weird thing to have an untapped badge for
2: a little bit. Uh, no, uh we, we've had it in
3: well, yeah, we have. It's just, it's, it's, I don't in my head consider the two overlapping a lot, but you know, yeah. sure they do. Uh, Dogfish Head is bringing Off Center beer and Off Center music together as the official brewery of Record Store Day. Our brewery became obsessed with music since before we opened our doors, said Dogfish hand, uh, Dogfish founder, uh, Sam Calgione. Uh, Calgione. Right. think
2: Think Mangione. mangioni
3: feels so good and <laughs> these days uh I bet he's got an, a, a Chuck mangioni record uh probably does uh and these days anytime I'm in the brew house there's something playing inspired by record store day as well as the unique culture and special role that record stores play in their communities it only made sense for a brewery to make uh, at make that makes analog beer for the digital age to be the official beer uh this year dogfish had is teamed with uh old and new friends alike to bring you another round of exceptional offerings everything from uh nationwide events to a collaboration beer with uh, the flaming lips and uh called dragons and yum yums okay sure um, <laughs> uh, sounds yum yums um Sorry, it was a bad joke. It's like (laughs) oncoming traffic. I had to walk right into it. Uh, Join the celebration of independent music and beer by unlocking the first ever uh, animate badge on Untapped. Hmm. Uh, check, Check into one of the following Dogfish Head Beers. Uh, between March 23rd and April 23rd, so you've got a little under a month. Yeah. Uh, the official badge of Record Store Day is yours. Those beers are Dragons and Yum Yum, 60 minute, 90 minute IPAs, Flesh and Blood IPA, Namaste White, mm. or Sequench Ale.
2: Oh, the Sequench sea always has to be said. in that our
0: Sequench, yeah. That's, a, yeah, that's a requirement. That that Namaste w- is really good too. Sequench is
2: amazing. If you've never had, if if you think sour beer might not be for you, have a sea quench and think about it.
0: Oh, the blo- uh, it's so good, you guys. Like, you don't even know. <laughs> by, the, by the way,
3: uh, uh, Casey, do you remember uh, the the dog name from Dignation that this list reminded me of? Toaster? No, that's what they went with. They wanted to name it
2: Nama. Uh,
3: stay. So you could be
1: like,
0: Nama, ah. Yeah. Oh. I, You know, I could see Kevin Rose doing you that. You say that, and I just immediately
2: in my mind cut to the video of uh, him, like, field goal a kicking the raccoon. <laughs> when it attacked his dog. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Body
1: slam that sucker. You just look yeah.
2: at it you're like, two points, it's good.
0: <laughs> you know, he just had a kid, too, which is crazy. I follow him what? on Instagram. God, I fo- I follow we're he and old. his wife on Instagram.
2: Home Road. You got Home Road. And That's the, back in the day. There's two of us that remember that. Yeah. <coughs> yeah.
0: <coughs> Alright, uh, so moving on to the next <coughs> you, you okay with that? Nope. Okay. Uh,
1: He's dying. <laughs> this tea.
0: It's dying. It's tea. Mm, delicious tea. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> such bubbly tea. Uh,
0: so yeah, bubbly so um, we talked in the news about new styles. Well, Untapped is going to bring some of that in as well. So there are some style changes and badges to go along with them.
2: Yeah, the, uh, the Brewers Association move actually did cause some of this. <laughs> yeah. So
0: um, as of um, April, March 20th, we have the following styles for um, new badges on Untapped. We got uh, IPA Imperial New England. So uh, it counts for two badges, actually, because, you know, there's different levels and stuff. Um, there's uh, the Dry Cider. Um, sweet sour cider, um, and herbed slash spice, spiced cider, uh, fruit Ugh. cider, rye wine, which I didn't know was a thing. Rye
2: wine now counts yeah. for the wine of beers badge. Hmm.
0: Lichtenheiner. Rye, rye wine. <laughs> <laughs> we right. it was... <sighs> Here we go. Uh, the Kentucky Common Kentucky has its Common own badge.
2: Is officially a style recognized on Untapped now. Yes. It's about time we uh, get the recognition we damn well deserve that's right <laughs> the
0: uh the coffee stout um ipa and uh well this one is brown counts for the i believe an ipa i don't know what that means uh and then the new england pale ale so yeah uh so i'm cool.
1: surprised that the coffee stout took this long
0: I know. Well, like th- that should be an uh, obvious one, right?
2: Stout coffee. So it's like the subcategory had to be added. But yeah, that's and it now counts for the heavyweight badge, so that's odd. Hmm. It should have
0: long ago. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I don't know. And they added uh the cider to and they added cider other, which is actually yeah. kind of what I'm drinking tonight
0: went <laughs> <linen> in as. <laughs> Wait, why do you drink okay, sorry, <laughs> I'm getting distracted by the chat. So <laughs> drink a coconut beer, you forfeit all badges. <laughs> Why Whoa, is that?
2: No, no, I'm going to go get a death by coconut. That's just, that's, that's what we, that's, no, I've got the next thing. I can't do that. Or no, <laughs> or can I? Who's got the next one? What's going on? Casey does. I can go get a coconut beer right now. Take it, Casey. There we go.
1: Oh
0: my gosh. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> so coming up on Untapped Madness, Brewery Madness here this, this week, um, we've just completed round three where founders beat out Trillion. To go up against Brew Dog, who beat out Treehouse Brewing in the next round. Sierra Nevada beat out Evil Twins. Saw that one coming. Hmm. uh, To go on and fight against Dogfish Head, who beat out Goose Island Beer Company. Stone has passed uh, about three times over the other half Brewing Company. Goose Island beat Goose Island's against Dogfish Head right now. Mm. so well, that is it. for that's for the 22nd to the 23rd which already should have passed uh
2: yesterday, yeah as 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 have ended yesterday so yeah went, so these would, yeah you Today's can see the, 24th. the winners yeah it's the 24th they just haven't rolled it updated. over they
1: haven't updated it all the way forward yet but yeah okay. that's that's the if you go with the numbers right now that's who's that's who's winning um and then let's look here. Uh, Stone Brewing will go up against Anheuser Busch. Sorry, we'll go up against Boston Beer Company, who beat out Anheuser Busch. And then buy, we've, buy got, a lot. <laughs> we've got we've uh, got New Belgium versus Guinness, who Guinness barely squeaked by for an upset in that category, going against another upset with Firestone Walker beating out Bell's Brewery.
0: What I Mm, I kind of see that. Like, Firestone Walker is really good.
1: <laughs> By less than less than 100, it looks like. No, right at about 110 votes. 109 votes, something like that. 11. So, coming up with the 24th to the 25th is where we're looking at today and tomorrow, if you're listening to this live, uh, is where you can check into some of these beers and help them get to the finals, which will happen uh, April 2nd.
2: Mm. Coming up, so... Uh, like we were mentioning earlier, Founders is getting ready to get a huge boost with the timing of this. Yeah, so, which
0: I think that tends to happen. because
2: Semifinals like are on the planned. 31st, and by April 2nd, which is the championship bout, it will be nationwide KBS for KBS. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder who's going to win. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm pretty sure that they're going to beat out BrewDog in this next section.
2: Didn't Stone um, win uh, last year? That's what I was thinking.
1: They may have a hard time going against Stone. That that seems to be out of this last batch. That seems to be the the leader of the pack.
0: Hmm. I don't remember who won last year.
1: With Sierra Nevada and Founders coming in.
2: Yeah, I think it was tights. Stone. So, they're coming in hot. I'm, I'm sure you talked about it, but the Guinness against New Belgium. While well, I was jumping yeah. up and running there, but yeah, that was a close one. Like that was a squeak by.
3: Yeah, just what? barely. Got a Which, lot of um, leftover Guinness
1: they're finishing off. I was going <laughs> to exactly. say exactly, not gotta... like Guinness's last week where yeah. it had fifty five thousand check ins. <laughs> yeah. it more than so six times.
2: Yeah, last the, year the next lowest. Last year we saw uh, Saint Patrick's Day check ins carry Guinness all the way to the quarterfinals. Yeah, and this year it didn't get them that far. This
0: year I feel like nobody cared. This year, it, <laughs> like
2: it, it all hit like
3: one week, and then.
0: Yeah. They're and like, after
3: they're that, they like back, back to normal. Because oh, actually, the last round of the check-ins is not that different from the first first hmm. period, too. So,
2: hmm.
3: Cool. All right.
2: All right, sweetie. Moving I on. I am pouring this sweet Death by Coconut. Sorry. Okay, the <laughs> chat has,
0: like, moved on completely to, to Tide Pod beer.
2: Well, that's good, <laughs> because I <laughs> will t- never <laughs> move on. Okay. Death uh, we-
1: by Coconut is definitely... It a would hurt. pretty, pretty. You, you, More people, I think, die by coconuts than by <laughs> sharks every year.
3: Not a lot of people die by sharks. <laughs> right.
1: All right.
2: But the beer is good because it tastes like mounds bars. I thought we were talking Sorry. about something else hurting when it came to that beer. But, anyways. Um...
1: 150 people killed worldwide each year. What?
2: <laughs> by coconuts.
1: By coconuts.
2: All right. I, okay, I missed. Yeah, I thought they were talking about butt chugging, death by coconut. <laughs> oh,
3: that, that was definitely a topic. Okay, no, that that was that was. Uh, we, we, you know what? We can't recap all of this. It's, it's a certain magic you have to watch be there live, for.
2: guys. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about the seven city tour from Untapped, which is getting ready. Like we're coming up. This is the last week of check ins, and I need Cincinnati. Everyone in Cincinnati that can hear my voice, I've done my part. I've done what I can. I can't carry this team alone we have these discussions Cincinnati is in the top five for like alcohol abuse in the nation because of (laughs) (laughs) binge drinking I'm doing my best to get us to number one guys I can't carry this team alone so I need everyone else to get out there because we are number six right now and Portland Oregon is coming up hard on us and we really want to finish in the top seven so we can have one of these parties here Come on, guys. We have a week. We can do this. So Cincinnati is currently number six with ten. Wait, I need to refresh the page. Let's see it. It may have changed. Refresh. No, it didn't. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, just refresh it. We're still number six.
2: 10,669 currently. So we are less than 200 away. We've been battling with Charlotte, North Carolina for fifth place just on and off for the past week. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh, the other cities competing in this. I mean, New York has number one no matter what. Yeah. Tampa, Florida is coming in number two. Chicago is coming in number three. Anaheim, California is coming in number four. Charlotte, North Carolina, currently at five. We'll see how that holds. Cincinnati, Ohio, currently number six. Portland, Oregon, number seven. And then from there, it kind of drops off. Like the numbers drastically go and they don't seem to really stand a chance. thousand so, each. Yeah. I'm
0: surprised that Denver isn't higher up there. And then I don't think the top three are changing at all. Like that's just what those are probably the new york tampa and chicago and i'm like yeah okay
1: unless <laughs> well, somebody pulls uh, a big event
2: yeah that is a tasty beer
1: oh my goodness <laughs> it doesn't have tea in it
2: <laughs> the first one did which i chugged to prove a point jeez
3: <laughs> all you right you had to chug it you couldn't just set it aside get a new gla- no, whatever.
0: no whatever no. no that's not everything uh so before we get into our <laughs> really? uh our topic our aforementioned topic um, we would like to take this time to thank our amazing patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/haveadrinkshow for supporting this podcast, uh, and we'd also like to thank Audible.com. So Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, and I'm I'm going to give a suggestion today. Uh, it's, but neither of mine have been like alcohol related. Sorry guys, but um, this one is called the the book is called quiet the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking. Uh, I've listened to it twice. Um, it's, it's kind of great. Uh, Cause I, I'm definitely an introvert. Um, I can get stressed out in large groups sometimes. Um, and, and introversion is just about like you, where you find your happy place. Is, is it with people or is it you being in your head more, more than anything? Um, so it's very interesting and it helps if, if it not only tells the power that introverts have and how undervalued um, they can be because, you know, people who aren't introverts tend to just look at those who are as just the quiet people, but there's a lot of value in being quiet and observing and stuff like that. So um it, it helps when you are an introvert to also hear some of these too, because it, it kind of makes you feel a little bit better. <laughs> so um, it's a really good book uh, it's really well researched and, and well written too um so yeah uh quiet the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking so uh to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrialcom slash have a drink again that's audibletrialcom slash have a drink cool i think that is it and we can get into this non-alcoholic topic today, what? which I just realized like our bumper isn't going to be you, appropriate. We should have
2: done, it should have been a different bumper. Like We needed to get the yeah. uh, thing from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when they're no. talking about the whale suddenly being we, called into existence and uh, then say, talking about the tea leaf, not knowing the history of the East India Trading Company.
0: Yeah.
1: Have you heard the uh, tea... Compared to sexual assault? Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> I love it, but it's kind of uncomfortable.
3: Conscious <laughs> people don't want tea. <laughs> <laughs> no. No? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh... We're not that drunk.
1: Seeking we We're, We're not drunk.
4: We're not that
2: We really uh, aren't. Or at least they yeah, aren't. It
0: turns out this is accurate this time. <laughs>
2: I might be. I may. My day drinking started at 9 a.m. How about you guys? Let's
3: let's fix that. My tea is gone, so it's time to... <laughs> oh. You need more tea. Oh. oh, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> um, yeah, no, today we're talking about tea. Tea is the second most consumed liquid in the world, beaten only by water, which is in tea, so water still wins.
0: <laughs> Fair enough
3: uh it has been uh been the cause of war the fuel for slavery and has even said that if hitler could just cut off the britons from their tea he would have won the war which is <laughs> bs it is
2: but it's a funny even, statement not never start a land war in asia <laughs> never mind
3: i'm not getting into a history talk um this beverage is, uh has a long uh has had a long history in china but uh in more recent centuries it has traveled the globe uh Tea is an aromatic beverage commonly prepared by pouring hot or boiling water pardon me uh, over the cured uh, leaves of the tea uh, an evergreen an actually, but yeah okay. an evergreen shrub uh, native to Asia the word chai is used throughout most of the world to describe the substance but in the U.S., we use the word chai to describe a spiced version of the uh, of the drink sometimes with uh, added sugar and milk mm, chai come from part of the country where putting milk into tea is strange. Uh, as with most things that are old, the history is a bit fuzzy, uh, and is filled with, uh, lore and conjecture. The story goes that China, a Chinese emperor was sitting beneath a tree in 2737 BC when, uh, when his servant boiled him, uh, uh, drinking water. Some leaves from the tree blew in, uh, blew into the water the emperor tried the drink the tea would be known as the tea bush the tree would be known as the tea bush and this was the first account as tea is a drink containers of tea have uh, been found in tombs from the han dynasty which spanned uh, from 206 bc to 220 uh, uh to 220 a.d uh, in the tang dynasty a few hundred years later tea became the national drink of china Uh, Although tea can grow in many places from around the world, it is considered native to China, where it is part of the history and culture today. From China, tea was taken to Japan, where it also flourished. Uh, India, in the south part of the Asian continent, uh, also imported a lot of tea from China, and it spread throughout the region. The tea plant is a evergreen uh, tropical bush that can grow uh, very old and very large. So the most ancient living trees uh, in the world are believed to be over 3,200 years old. Uh, yeah, in the Five Mountains uh, T region that borders China and uh, modern day Myanmar and, uh, or Burma. We don't call it Burma. Uh, the tree has a trunk that is six feet in diameter. Uh, the tree is over 10 feet tall. A one-pound cake of tea from this uh, uh, from this tree recently sold for over $40,000, and the tree produces six cakes annually.
0: Woo! All right, then. Yeah. Tea stuff gets uh, kind of weird with prices.
3: Yeah. Uh, tea trees or shrubs grow best in regions that are warm and humid with at least 100 centimeters of rain each year, so it needs to be dip, deep... Uh, Needs to be dip. <laughs> Just needs to be out there with some skull and Ugh. no. Uh, the soil needs to be deep, airy, uh, acidic, as well as uh, as well as drained and well drained. Tea can grow in altitudes uh, upwards of six thousand feet above sea level, uh, and some of the more sought after teas are from mountainous regions. Tea is sometimes grown. Uh, on hills and mountains to give each, other, uh, give each plant ample exposure to the sun, and is planted on tiered terraces. Uh, the tea today is grown on bushes that are about three feet tall, high. They are grown from cuttings and clones of other plants uh, and not from seeds. They are planted about three feet apart and are tr- uh, trained to fan out. In higher altitude growing conditions, the trees are planted to flow with the contour of the hillside. Takes about three to five years to come uh, to for the plant to come to maturity, and tea is traditionally handpicked every seven to fourteen days. Although some modern mass producers do use machinery, the best tea only plucks uh, the very top leaves uh, that are uh, that are the new growth. Tea plants, uh, the tea plant is likely discovered and brought back in small quantities from their travels by the Portuguese, who was uh, living in the East as traders and missionaries. The commercial import, uh, importation of tea, however, began in the late 1500s by the Dutch. They probably didn't know that tea would be such a big hit. And at first it wasn't before 1600, Portugal controlled most of Europe's, uh, Europe's trade, uh, with the far East and Indies. Uh, they were bringing back luxuries from the area, uh, Europe had never seen. In 1600, however, Queen Elizabeth gave the first royal charter to a new trading company called the East India Company and allowed them to have a monopoly over all items uh, brought back to Great Britain from that region. Uh, They brought back a large variety of products and probably didn't realize how large of a commodity tea would become. Samples uh, flowed into Europe for over 50 years before the company really started to to take off. In the mid-1600s, the Portuguese prince of uh, Princess Catherine of Barang's, Barang's, yeah.
2: Burundia.
3: Braganza? <laughs> Braganza is, is correct. I just couldn't get it out. Uh, married Charles II and brought uh, the love of tea to the English English court. Uh, as with most royals, uh, things royal, the fashion caught on with the court and the, then the general public.
2: And In India would never be the same again.
3: <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, the... Uh, first large order of tea was placed uh, only three years uh, for a hundred pounds shipped from Java and imported from China in uh, sixteen seventy eight. Nearly five thousand pounds was imported again in sixteen eighty five. Twelve thousand pounds was imported. Uh,
2: I'm noticing a trend. In, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. In the mid seventeen hundreds, uh, the public picked up on the royal tradition, and annual imports skyrocketed to four point seven million <laughs> pounds annually.
2: That would have been a great spit take. As, oh. <laughs> Whew, that's 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 escalation on a scale that's like unfathomable. Oh my god!
3: And tea was still expensive due uh, to the large monopoly the company held over the drink. Uh, there was a large amount of tea sold in black markets. There was a reduction in taxes in 1784 <laughs> that made smuggling pointless, and from that point on, nearly all the tea imported came <laughs> from the legal monopoly of the East India Company. Hmm. Yeah. Tea
1: had at- at that point the taxes was about 103% of what the cost of the tea was and then they reduced it to about 3%. Oh
0: my god. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh tea had a large uh had a large part to play in a, uh, the eventual independence of the British colonies in the Americas. The East India Company petitioned and granted permission to export directly to the American colonies with a tax of 3 pence per pound not a lot but the taxation alone was enough to cause an uproar with the colonies <laughs> to spark the Boston Tea Party and eventually the formation of the US uh,
0: Tea yeah, shapes the... a lot of things just like beer does <laughs> Beverages shape a lot of things <laughs> That's
3: true uh, Fermented no, or that, not yeah, It's one of those things though that it's... Never mind, well we can get that some other day Uh <laughs>
0: We got a whole other history episode on this coming up. Yeah, I'm this, sure is, you. this like, is this is an overview. Not, yeah.
2: Overview, guys. Yeah. Overview. You could we could spend weeks on this. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's get a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Processing uh, tea as we drink it is made through ancient yet precise processing. Each of the six styles of tea goes through different stages in this process to change the properties of the tea. We're going to cover the stages first, then talk about each style and the stages it goes through to become that type of tea keep in mind that all styles of real tea come from the same plant. Some varieties of that plant are grown in certain regions, uh, maybe better at making certain styles, but they are all from the same plant. All right, picking. All tea must be picked, either by hand or mechanically. The best teas are hand-picked, and only the top leaves are picked. See, I just keep thinking of the stupid Snapple commercial from how long <laughs> yeah, ago? When they, know, it, right? It's the guy, like, leisurely walking, and they have, like, the elderly man, like, and did we pluck the leaf, and you're just like... It was
0: the uh, the white tea, I think. Yeah. He's like, where does the white tea come from, or whatever?
2: He's like, they just pluck the leaves while they're young. He yeah. That one. For some reason, that sticks out in my mind. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sure. Much of the tea's quality is determined by the location and quality of the leaves picked. Pickers are instructed and trained to use only the pads of their fingers and not, to, and not the nail to make sure to accident, not accidentally scar or bruise the tea. Uh, tea guarding is different in each region, but a typical method is like that done with black teas from India. The grades are whole leaf, which uh, we will dive more into in a moment, uh, broken leaf, which accounts for tea that is not a whole leaf, but is larger parts of the leaf, and still recognizable as parts of a leaf. Fannings are broken broken up enough uh, not to resemble a leaf, but still have a recognizable texture on the pieces. This is the most common grade used for tea bags. And lastly, dust, which is a fine material that, that really penetrates and binds us all together. Oh, no, no, no way. That's, that's a whole different, that's a whole book series. Uh, dust, uh, the most common grade used for tea, or wait, no. That was the other one. Dust is a fine powder left over from the processing of higher grades. Uh, this is a byproduct of the production. And not when you are specifically trying to crush tea leaves, as in matcha. Dust grade is also used in less expensive tea bags. Hmm. So the top grade of whole leaf is usually the most expensive and sought after for the highest grade teas. Pico? Uh, Pico? Pico?
1: Pico. Pico.
2: Pico. That's where I was leaning. Uh, is a term that shows the tea is higher upon the branch and higher quality while suchong sure is a term showing a lower quality the top leaf is still curled at the top of the branch and has just recently formed in the highest quality it sometimes still has fine hairs on it and then is used to make white tea mm. Smaller leaves uh, are more valuable than longer ones. The top, oh, larger. My bad. The top leaf is called flowery orange pico. Then the next is orange pico and pico pico suchong suchong kongu,
3: pico pico. Not gonna work here anymore.
2: (laughs) So you got the words this episode, huh? Yeah, I got them all. Uh, Kongu and boha. Uh, I Uh, knew the other ones until we got to the last two. Uh, When you see tea label Orange Peco in a supermarket, it's referring to the location from which the leaf came and not the flavor or color. There you go. So Lapsang Souchong Tea is a smoked tea that uses the lower quality leaves because they don't have the same delicate flavor as the best teas. So Wilting. After the leaves are plucked, they are brought to a centralized location where they could be wilted. This can be done in the sun or indoors with large fans, making sure the air flows under the leaves is constant and consistent. This is where enzymes in the leaf are being prepped so they can be activated in the, larger, in the later stages. The leaf is partially dried during this stage and excess water is removed. About a quarter of the weight of the leaf is lost during the drying. The stage also allows the freeing of leaf proteins in the leaf into free amino acids, which increases the availability of caffeine in the tea. Oh, yes.
3: That's a there's wonderful. a interesting uh, There's a thing I was watching on uh, tea, getting ready for some of this. I think Casey shared it with some of us. But it had, it yeah. uh, <laughs> talked about on the larger larger scale uh, production of it they have to keep fans going all the time for that period because uh uh if they don't it ruins the middle section and just the edges dry oh Uh, weird it's one of those like i wonder how much tea they had to lose to to Uh, find that out
2: yeah yeah just once (laughs) (laughs) so disruption disruption is the next stage uh which is a fancy term for bruising the leaf. This can be done lightly by tossing the leaf in baskets, lightly crushing the leaf, or in the case of industrial operations, the cut-tear-curl method, the older and uh, more hands-on methods utilizing light bruising and rolling the leaves. This stage breaks open the cell walls of the leaf, allowing oxidization, or oxidizing substances to have access to the components inside the cell. This stage releases the juices in the leaf. Uh, Oxid—what?
0: <laughs> sorry, sorry, Tyler just subscribed and it did the new gift thing. Sorry. Oh! <laughs> ah. I, I love
3: them. I love our notifications for that.
0: <laughs> That's the best movie. If you haven't seen that movie, just I don't, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Okay, sorry. Oxidation <laughs> allows. So much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you.
2: Oxidation allows the components inside the leaf to act with oxygen in the air to change the color and flavor of the tea leaf. Chlorophyll is broken down in the leaf, and tannins are released. If the oxidation is allowed to continue completely, you get black tea. Hmm. If it is stopped early, you get oolong tea. We'll talk more about uh, that later, though. Oxidation is one of the largest components in the flavor, aroma, and color of tea. So, pretty much all around. Fixation, uh, fixation stops the oxidation of the leaf at a desired level. For black teas, this isn't needed since the tea is already 100% oxidized. The stage can be done with dry heat, as in baking, which adds little flavor. It can be done with uh, steam, which adds no flavor, or it can be done uh, by dry roasting the tea mm. in a pan over high heat, which can add a lot of flavor. The key component to this step is to... Denature? Oh. Brain fart.
0: (laughs) Hey, biogas. (laughs) Biogas! Denature (laughs) the enzymes present in
2: tea and stop oxidization. So, yellowing, the next stage, is only used in the yellow tea-making process. Tea yellowing involves allowing warm, damp tea leaves to go through a period of time after the oxidizing (laughs) enzymes... What? What have I miss? It's the chat. Sorry. Oh, brain fart flavored tea. No, that's <laughs> coming soon from the Ladders Brewing <laughs> is edition. brain fart flavored teas. Uh, There's a
1: lot of, uh, of sulfur notes.
2: <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Why does this tea taste like eggs? <laughs> Ooh, this, I got pickled eggs. This tea tastes like ass. <laughs> <laughs> Enzymes have been destroyed in a warmer container. Uh, this yellows green tea leaves and changes the chlorophyll in the leaf into a yellow color. It takes about six to eight hours of temperatures right below 100 degrees Fahrenheit to make this change uh, that makes the tea more brisk and mel. Uh, I pause because brisk, nice tea. <laughs> a thanks to amino acids. Har, and har, the leaf. Um, shaping. Tea leaves that have been through some of these processes before will still be supple and moist. The best teas are worked by hand to roll them into various shapes mm, based, on what type, yeah. based on what type of tea you are creating. Some are rolled into tight balls and gum powder wow. or, or dragon ball tea. Dragon <laughs> ball tea? Are you kidding me? You, ga-
3: you gather seven of these teas together and then you summon...
2: Oh, God. That's oh, wonderful. This is turning out so much better than I thought. <laughs> some are rolled into tight curls, and some are made into wrinkled strips. This pushes out some of the... what? what? Sorry.
0: Every word oh, in well. this. I'm sorry. No, oh, go ahead. This wrinkled push... strips. <laughs> it doesn't take much today, apparently. You pervs.
2: This oh, yeah. pushes out some of the liquid still in the leaf, and also makes the tea easier to transport and less prone to breaking. Modern machines are also able to roll the leaves.
0: All right, uh, just a few more things on like how the the, the processing of tea works. Uh, so the drying process. So uh, if tea were left wet, it would spoil. So no one, or, or so one of the last stages is to dry it. Uh, this can be done through panning, where the tea is placed in a hot pan, sun drying, air drying, or baking. Baking is. I don't
3: like the I don't like the idea of a hot pan. I like it better with the idea that they're panning for tea, like they're sitting <laughs> by the river, and just
0: for some I reason that was, tea. That's what I was picturing. I don't know why. Eight
2: <laughs> grams of tea. Uh,
0: baking is actually the most common, and uh, you're trying to dry the tea without overcooking the leaf. Uh, this stage is important in the making of green teas that are roasted. Oh, that sounds delicious. Um, so, aging or curing. Some post-fermented teas need additional time to change their flavors even more. Some teas can be bitter before this stage, and long curing and aging times allow the tea to mellow and become more palatable. This is common for... Casey, how do you say that again? Pu'er. Pu'er teas. Uh, Lower quality flavored teas are also made at this stage by spraying them with flavors and aroma compounds like jasmine oils. High quality teas are stored with their aroma compounds such as whole jasmine flowers so let's get into uh some of these styles of tea which this was one of the things that i looked at and was like oh i didn't know these were the thing like you Ugh. never look at this kind of stuff
2: each of these styles are probably gonna up getting their own episode let's just
0: let's be serious yeah uh everything so, but yellow yeah <laughs> uh, so, whoa
2: what you got against yellow tea <laughs> there it
3: was
0: yeah it's all it's all a matter of time um, so, there are said to be roughly 20,000 different distinctions of tea made in the world, but there are only six classes of tea. Also, China is the only country in the world that produces all six, which I found fascinating. Uh, we will use the information we have talked about concerning the steps in processing tea to discuss how each style is made. So, first off, we have green tea, which I think everybody's kind of familiar with. Um, <clears throat> green tea is one of the most simply made styles. And the most popular tea in Japan. Green tea is picked and then quickly the enzymes that are used to oxidize a tea are destroyed through either steaming, which is popular in Japan, or panning, which is more popular through the rest of the world. The leaves are then rolled or shaped and then dried. Green tea is best steeped in cooler temperature water. The flavors are delicate and if the tea is pushed too far from being too hot or steeped too long, it can become astringent. Steeping temperatures for green teas vary. For lighter Japanese greens, um, you want 160 to 170 degrees Fahrenheit. But for heavier ja- uh, Chinese greens, 170 to 180
3: degrees Fahrenheit. So this is just making me think. There's there's a segment of Japanese food, I suppose, where you have to be very exact in how it's made, or it's you know not good or oh, deadly. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that, you know, like, yeah, like if it's not co- yeah, that that I can't remember what that food is, but like, yeah, it's, it's a
1: puffer fish. Okay, yeah, Fugo. Fugo. fugo fugu, yeah, fugu, like if
0: it's fugo, not cooked yeah. exactly the right fubu. way, you could like die. Fubu, <laughs> food not gonna fubu. work here anymore, fubar, um, fubu. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, so yellow tea, yellow tea is made very similarly to green tea, except it has the sweet, the sweltering and yellowing stage added after panning but before shaping where the leaves have lost their ability to oxidize. But the other components in the leaf will be heated slightly for six to eight hours to let the yellow, uh, to leaf yellow and mellow. <laughs> uh, yellow tea is steeped at around the same temperatures of green. For, uh, so we're it's 160 to 180 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, which is still pretty hot, you know, white tea, white tea, I think is probably the other one that's most common that people think about. Uh, White tea is created very much like uh, green tea, again. Uh, The leaves are picked from the very top of a newly uh, flourishing plant. The leaves that emerge at the first of the season are the only ones that will be used to make white tea. They have a fuzziness to them that is very delicate. And although there is no international definition, uh, the best and most expensive white teas are lighter in flavor than green tea and are most of the... are most of the time still closed uh, the leaf is so young it hasn't even been allowed to open they are like basically the veal of the tea world <laughs> uh, since the leaf is so delicate instead of panning this style of tea is baked to stop oxidation quickly and it's only lightly rolled before it's dried white tea is like a little bit hotter water temperature than green um, so that it allows the delicate flavors to actually come out so it's somewhere between 180 and 185 degrees fahrenheit
1: Exactly. yeah white white tea is really weird in the fact that um, yeah I'm taking bourbon shots one right after that's my 16th shot today um, <laughs> so white tea has a tendency to be called white tea regardless um, through throughout mass production of white tea um, it's not necessarily the true white tea that you're getting hmm. um, the real stuff is, Extremely expensive. So base, just getting into white teas, you're looking at twenty dollars an ounce. No, sorry, yeah, twenty dollars an ounce. That's right. Um, and it goes up to on the introductory level, fifty dollars an ounce. Jeez. So these oh. are even high-end teas. These are just your basic entry levels, because each plant can only supply maybe ten leaves, and they're tiny leaves. Right. So you're plucking those off every two weeks. You may get Twenty-five plants to make an ounce of tea.
0: That is very specialized, and Ooh. yeah, it's I, I I get the pricing, I guess.
1: Yeah, white,
2: so white. I've got,
1: oh yeah, I've got some here. Hold on,
2: for those that are on the. So Casey's the Tom Merritt of uh, <laughs> for the of episode, beverages, yeah. like anything grabbing
0: like, stuff from across the room.
2: It's like someone shout so, out a hard to find beverage, and he's oh, I've got some right here.
1: I've got some right here. I don't know. I if Prepared some earlier shooting. today. That is a single tea leaf, but you can see almost like this peach fuzz on the outside of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they're they're very delicate, very very light flavored.
0: So uh, black tea, the other most common one, uh, most popular style in the world, actually, uh, the tea is allowed to complete almost all of the steps in the process. the The tea is wilted, crushed, and fully oxidized before being shaped and dried. The process creates a fully oxidized tea. Popular varieties of black tea include uh, Assam, Nepal, um, Darjeeling, Nilgiri, Rees, Kimun, and Ceylon. I'm I'm just completely guessing on these guys. Black tea is the best prepa- is best prepared with nearly boiling water, allowing the kettle to come to a boil, then waiting a moment before pouring. Over the leaves is best Uh, This is also the most popular tea To be mixed with powerful flavorings Like bergamot oil Like you get with Earl Grey
3: Can I point out that my second cup of tea today Worked much better after I did in fact Let it set off from boiling And then pour it directly over my tea So (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I just lucked into doing it correctly
0: (laughs) Right, yeah, because of the one that The particular kind that you're drinking Which we'll get into later Um, So next up is Oolong tea uh, if you were to start making tea like it were black tea, but stop the oxidation process it's, uh, before it's finished, then you would have oolong. Oolong is a blend of green tea and black tea worlds. Uh, some of the most interesting flavors in tea come from this variety. The temperature that you make oolong tea ranges depending on which end of the spectrum the tea comes from. Uh, it could be anywhere from 185 degrees to 205 degrees Fahrenheit. Oolong is said to have the most health benefits, which is nuts because you hear such good things about green tea all the time. Mm. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's where it's kind of in between. You get the caffeine plus the antioxidant effects of uh, both ends of the spectrum. And so... <laughs> sorry, I just saw someone say my favorite white tea is kettle one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be like if you took... Uh, green tea and black tea and drink them both at the same time. You're getting both sides gotcha. of it. Um, but right. the, the flavors hybrid. that develop can, can change a lot. So oolongs um, will a lot of times be named after flowers and not because they were scented with those flowers. It's because as you change the oolong, or as you, you do this process, it will change the flavor of the tea to something totally different. So mm-hmm. um, there is, there's a couple different varieties out there. One's called the, the breast flower. And so it was, it smells like the perfume of the young ladies that were, um, they would, mm-hmm. it was said to be, you know, this is all lore, but right. the, the tea was supposed to be so good. It was the best leaves. And so they would take those and tuck them in their, their tops and save them for themselves later as they were plucking teas. And so these oolong teas are, are like flowery um, flavored um, even without having anything there. There's a magnolia blossom tea out there that
4: hmm.
1: tastes like magnolia blossoms. Um, there's, there's a lot of different varieties. The one I'm drinking, I'll talk about at the end. Um, it's they, there's a lot of varieties of oolong out there that are totally different to what you would expect tea to taste like.
2: Hmm. Uh to, for those wondering, chat is just getting ready to be loaded in with iced tea puns. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. That's how we roll. Easy. Uh,
0: so, Puer, is that? Puer. Puer.
1: Puer. Puer. Is that
0: correct? Uh, say, say it like your French. Puer. Yep. Puer. Okay. No. Uh, so, it's a variety of tea very different from any other. <clears throat> Jeez. Uh, the tea is a post fermented variety that developed by making a green tea. Um, then after drying, allowing the tea to age and ferment. The process is most of the time done in cake form, where the tea is pressed into a disc or other shape that can be sta- or stacked and stored in warehouses that allow the tea to slowly change. In general, the tea is made with older, larger leaves uh, leaves and that are not as high quality, but this tea still packs a large price tag, which has led to some uh, neer do counterfeiting large popular producers. Um, there are two major varieties of huer, uh, a naturally-aged product and a speed-aged product. Uh, <laughs> these are based in the Yunnan province in China.
3: Just trying to picture speed-aging,
0: it's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's not working out well in my head. Is That,
2: like, uh, that just makes me think of... Uh like master distillers and it's like speed aging bourbon and they're out there like glaring at the barrels (laughs) age faster
1: (laughs) you better work (laughs) gold on you uh
0: the town of puer is named after the tea that is produced close by the naturally aged variety is called raw or puer Sheng. is it Sheng? uh shang is it shang okay uh, it isn't fermented and ages naturally. The speed aged variety is called ripe or pu'er shu. Uh, it goes through a piling process invented in 1972 by the Kunming uh, Tea Factory, where the tea is stored at high heat and humidity conditions. This speeds up the biological processes controlled by bacteria and fungus on the tea. Uh, this tames the harsh and bitter flavors much more quickly from four to five years, at least to sometimes as short as 45 days. <laughs> so kind of, it's definitely the right term for that. Um, pu'er teas require boiling water for infusion. Some prefer to quickly rinse pu'er for several seconds with boiling water to remove tea dust, which accumulates from the aging process, then infuse it at the boiling point and allow it to steep from 30 seconds to five minutes. Uh, finally, we have the actual brewing part So tea brewing, obviously going to be a little bit different from uh, beer brewing, (laughs) any other brewing we would be familiar with on this show. Uh, Throughout history, the brewing of tea has been practical and ceremonial. The idea of whatever method used is to balance convenience with flavor. Bagged tea allows the drinker the ability to easily toss a bag into a hot cup of water and have a, a cup of tea three minutes later. Loose leaf varieties allow the tea more room to spread out and extract flavor into the water. A French press coffee pot does this job quite well. The best method to enjoy tea, if you have the time, is the gongfu or gaiwan. This method require, requires you uh, place a small amount of tea into a small cup with a saucer uh, and a lid. This gaiwan allows the drinker to make two to three sips of tea per steeping. The leaves are reused multiple times, with the flavor of the tea changing over their use. This method is more ceremonial in nature, but with a thermos of hot water nearby, you can enjoy the same amount of tea over an hour's session. So I have never heard of that before, but that sounds really interesting.
1: It's what I'm using today. Um, the gongfu's are really, the the whole sets are really fairly cheap, less than. 30 bucks usually at at the bottom end i mean i got this one all glass off amazon i think for less than ten dollars so you put maybe a tablespoon of tea in there and it blows up to be i was
3: gonna say like that's more than a tablespoon Yeah.
1: yeah uh dry tea about a tablespoon and then it blows up into uh to fill the whole thing i've got a uh hot water on demand uh device that i've got it's kind of like a tea kettle that's always hot it's a thermos tea kettle combined Mm. so that works out well when you're trying to do this you just fill this up um let it steep early on you're looking at like 30 seconds and then toward the end you've got to let it go longer just because you've taken more flavor out of it but the tea kind of changes over that time as well nice then you take shots of tea which which is nice because every drink is hot when you get it this way Shots, shots, shots,
3: shots. Yeah, I kind of wish mine had stayed warm because at a certain point I hit a hit a tipping point where it's like, I gotta go.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then uh, chugging tea uh, leads to different different tastes. Um, <laughs> it does lead shot, to different
3: tastes because once shot. my uh, once my cup is empty, it just gets bourbon. Yes. Mm. <laughs> mm.
0: That's typically what happens. Uh, no, I need to get one of those tea things because it's definitely an issue if you're about some tea.
1: Ah, yes. It's not something that you're going to pack around the office all day, but it's nice whenever I'm going through emails, I can go through an email at work and then pour a little spot of tea and drink it. And then while I'm reading the next email, it's nice. So let's talk about how tea is packaged and kind of what different varieties of tea that you're getting out there. So there's different styles, of course. We've talked about those. Um, And then tea again comes in multiple packaging types. So the number one type of tea that you're going to find out there, that's that's probably the Better varieties of tea is going to be loose leaf tea. Uh, most of your tea connoisseurs are going to say go with a loose leaf first. Mm-hmm. So, well, not first necessarily. You'll probably start off with a tea bag, but we'll talk about loose leaf here.
3: Sorry, I'm a child. <laughs> <was just> saying, <laughs> well, it's, all... it's it tea,
1: it's convenience. <laughs>
3: okay.
1: No, the I'm tea bag just a thing. child. It's
0: just, yeah,
1: it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, tea leaves are packaged loosely in a canister, paper bag, or other container such as a tea chest. Some whole teas. Such as rolled gum powder uh, Tea leaves Which resents crumbling Are actually able to be vacuum packed To keep their freshness Um, They are put in aluminized packaging For storage and retail This blocks out the light Um, The loose tea must be individually measured For use, allowing for flexibility And flavor control at the expense of convenience Um, we use loose leaf teas. Usually whenever you go into a, um, a store, you're buying them by the ounce and you say, okay, I'll take an ounce of that or an ounce of this. And they're priced by the ounce usually. Um, and you don't always have to bring your own container. They'll probably have little baggies there that you can can, get. I can't
3: just, I can't just walk into a
1: store and go one tea, please. You can. I mean, most of these stores that sell tea will let you sample it. And so, mm, if yeah. you just go in and say one tea, please, they're going to say which one of these three hundred
2: varieties would yeah. you like. I have to say, I... we have spent a lot of time at uh, Liquor Barn with the two of us looking sections. at tea, while the other two of us are going, like, "Come on, <laughs> like Come on, kids and all key... this stuff to drink." Yeah, we're like yeah. kids in a candy store, and the adults are looking at something very boring. <laughs> That, come on, that's me and Casey. Yep. Yep. Um, so <laughs> yeah, no kids like... in a
3: candy store. That's that's me and Chris. Yeah.
2: <laughs> come on, guys! All the bourbons over that way.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> just double the time we're in there, and it'll all be great. <laughs> um, so uh, compressed teas will come on a little bit further after after you get into loose leaf teas. Usually, um, compressed teas usually come in the form of of cakes like the pu tea. Um, it's produced for convenient transport, storage, and aging. Uh, it can usually be stored longer without spoilage than loose leaf tea. Compressed tea is prepared by loosening the leaves from the cake using a small knife. It's difficult to do because these are rock-hard cakes. Um, and steeping to extract the pieces in water, so it kind of blooms and, and goes from the outside in, um, the, the water does. Sorry, now I'm picturing a blooming onion of tea.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's get that. I'll I'll get to that here in a minute. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) Compressed tea was the most popular form of tea in China during the Tang Dynasty. By the beginning of the Ming Dynasty, it had been displaced by loose-leaf tea. It remains popular, however, in the Himalayan countries and Mongolian steppes. In Mongolia, tea bricks were ubiquitous enough to be used as a form of currency, among Himalayan peoples, compressed tea is consumed by combining it with yak butter and salt-produced butter tea. Oh, um, yeah, okay,
3: sure, I'll drink that. <laughs> butter tea? I don't yeah. Know about I'm yak worried.
1: butter, but sure. Uh, hey, cook- hey, goat cheese. not knock it till we've tried know. it. <laughs> to uh, kind of combat some of the... Uh, counterfeit teas that are out there that are usually sold as a compressed tea. You'll actually find little paper certificates of authenticity that have holographics, uh, holographic seals on them. Um, you're going to
3: say the holographic seal was on the, the tea, which would have been funnier. Well, it's
1: packed into the cake. So you'll see it peeking out. They'll put as it's dried, they'll put, um, or as they're, they're steaming it before they put it all together, they'll put the seal in there. And so you see it peeking out. So, you know, that is an official, Tea cake from that um, that producer, you'll know that Mm. that's the that's their certificate of authenticity.
0: Man, everything has a black market of its own. You know, like if people are into it enough, it's gonna get crazy.
2: Uh, Yeah, I guess organs, artifacts, (laughs) tea. Yeah, that's
1: all the same same
2: level of of crime.
1: (laughs) I don't buy pu'er from anybody unless they're a very reputable source, just because it is so mass counterfeited. I will only uh, if I see it online or something from someplace that I don't have a recommendation for, I will not purchase it huh. because it is it's just that that bad. And the ones that wow. that I purchased for, um, they have a long track record of of sending product that they know and most of them are located in china and and you've got to get it shipped in from china because you know that it's it's kind of
0: well, that makes sense um, yeah and
1: everything that gets shipped in from china is super reputable well the, the, the oh, I,
3: I, I know
0: it's on yeah, the tea thing com- i'd be like yeah okay
1: <laughs> i've got like three companies that i trust to send it and that's about it alibaba oh. and no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, my go-to is Yunnan sourcing uh they do have a u.s website but they their other site the the Chinese website has more selection. Hmm. Um, so the ubiquitous tea bag that everybody probably gets their start in tea using uh, came likely through a happy accident in 1907 or 1908. The the number or the years. Different in a bunch of different sources. Uh, American tea merchant Thomas Sullivan began distributing samples of his tea in small bags of Chinese silk. Consumers thought they were supposed to use this whole bag and just toss the whole thing into water (laughs) with the tea in the bag uh, like they had used their metal tea balls before. He had heard the suggestions from the customers that they were doing this, and they said that the holes in the bag were too small, and so... He actually started making the bags out of gauze to let it out a little bit easier. Um, In the 1920s, the bag took off and was later replaced by the paper teabag. The Pyramid teabag, introduced by Lipton and PG. Tips Scottish Blend in 1996 attempted to address one of the con- connoisseur's argument against paper tea bags by the way its three-dimensional tetrahedron shape was formed. It allowed more room for tea leaves to expand while steeping. However, some types of pyramid tea bags have been criticized as being environmentally unfriendly since the synthetic material, it's kind of like a plastic type material, is not as biodegradable as loose tea leaves and paper tea bags. Pretty much if you throw out a tea bag, the only thing that's not going away is the uh staple that it was put together with.
0: Oh wow. wow.
1: Yeah, everything else will will biodegrade pretty I ha- much. I
0: hadn't seen the pyramid ones until um actually I was at Whole Foods yesterday and saw mm. some boxes of it and I was like that's I've never seen the pyramid one before, so <laughs> I was surprised that it's Whole Foods if it's not that environmentally friendly.
1: That one may have changed a little bit too. They The, the original ones came out with Lipton uh, and they had um, maybe 15 to a box, a dozen to a box. There weren't many. And they're higher end, multiple ad- additive flowers types teas. They're fancier teas were were mm-hmm. what they put them in uh, or what put they put those teas in. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the blooming onion of tea, think about that <laughs> image in your head because that's really kind of what this is. The tea flower is where tea is combined with dried flowers and colorful herbs to create a flowering tea. Dried tea leaves are wrapped around uh, these dried flowers like globe amaranth, chrysanthemum, jasmine, lily, or hibiscus. The package is typically sewn together and wrapped into a tight ball to dry. When placed in hot water, the tea bulb opens and blooms like a flower. Huh. the most beautiful presentations, glass teaware is usually used.
0: Well, yeah, it has to be. Mm.
1: Well,
0: that's really interesting, actually
1: they're beautiful they they cost about uh probably four or five bucks a, a piece for the some of the nicer ones I gotta look uh, buy
3: a whole package of tea for that
1: like a whole <laughs> like box of tea yeah bags for them. right but the it's the presentation in this this situation especially if you've got a glass teapot and you bloom it in that and then you pour off of it um oh wow i've seen sorry i got some, pictures <laughs> yeah I've seen some that actually more than just blooming like a flower petal, they'll they'll come up like an entire plant, and you'll have parts of it that float up, and and it's multiple leveled. So
2: uh, share it, share really cool. share said pictures. With the yeah, rest no, of the I was class. trying to
0: trying to make it bigger. Uh,
1: ah,
0: that's
2: that's what she said.
1: Embiggen. Fair enough. <laughs> uh see. Well, She's pulling those there pictures up. I'll go ahead and talk about matcha as well, which is a powdered form. Of green tea, finely ground powder of specially grown and processed green tea leaves, it is special in two aspects of farming and processing. The green tea plants for matcha are shade grown for about three weeks before harvest, and the stems and veins are removed in processing. During shaded growth, the plant Camellia sinensis produces more thionine and caffeine than. Theanine is the calming agent in tea, and caffeine is the, you know, the stimulant.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's get some uppers and downers. Oh, and it, yeah. it
1: gives you this tea, tea buzz that is amazing. Uh, I get the tea buzz. I've got it right now. <laughs> um, it's something that's totally different from other other beverages that you're getting, having those two combined. Uh, the powdered form of matcha is consumed differently from your tea leaves or tea bags. It is whisked into a hot liquid. Liquid. Typically, that's water or milk. In general, matcha is expensive compared to other forms of tea, although its price depends on its quality. Grades of matcha are defined by many factors. You've got the ceremonial grade, it's its highest quality used mainly in tea ceremonies and Buddhist temples. This is a stone ground into a powder by granite stone mills. It's a high quality, but expensive at $100 to $140 per 100 grams. The unschooled drinker is likely to not notice a large difference between the ceremonial grade and the next grade down the premium grade ceremonial is characterized by subtle tones of umami however Mm. premium grade matcha tea leaves uses the leaves from the very top of that tea plant and it costs about 50 to 80 dollars per 100 grams best used for daily consumption it's characterized by a fresh subtle flavor Cooking and culinary grade is the cheapest of all at about fifteen to forty dollars per hundred grams. It's also suitable for cooking. Uh, it's slightly <laughs> bitter due to the leaves lower down on the tea plant. So it's um, good speaking in Kit of Kats. just
2: <laughs> What's that? So it's pretty good in Kit Kats.
3: <laughs> yeah most No, the... there is only there's only one flavor of Kit Kat. It's you've, chocolate.
2: You've not been to Jungle Gyms. I have, <laughs> I've seen them.
3: I refuse to partake.
2: All the the yeah. uh, odd Japanese Kit Kat flavors, and there is a matcha green tea Kit Kat. And Ma- we bought a bag yeah. of them.
0: Matcha the is like the best thing to put in stuff.
2: It's it's like, just it's... great. It's like oh you have something matcha that up.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have matcha uh, uh, smoothies, matcha ice cream, uh, everything. Matcha, oh, uh,
4: <laughs> <I gotta laughs> Yeah.
2: yeah. It's, green tea. if you're doing an ipa it's like okay if you're doing any kind of beverage right. you could matcha that thing up if you're doing an ipa you could double dry hop that bad boy and make it even better
1: right. <laughs> so moving on from matcha to another product that you just stir directly in let's talk about instant tea for a minute um It's similar to the freeze-dried instant coffee and an alternative to brewed tea. It can be consumed either hot or cold, of course. You Nestle introduced this as the first commercial product in 1946, the first commercial uh, instant tea product they introduced in 1946. Uh, delicacy of flavor is sacrificed for convenience however uh, during the second world war british and canadian soldiers were issued an instant tea known as compo in their composite ration packs these blocks of instant tea powdered milk and sugar were not always well received instant tea today is made through a highly technical process where the spray dry method is used basically it's a uh, they make a tea like substance and then they take this substance and spray it through a nozzle um, into some high heat areas, and they it will as it's spraying out, it will evaporate a lot of the liquid, and it'll leave behind just a powder of tea. Hmm. Bottled and canned tea. The first bottled tea was introduced by Indonesian tea Indonesian tea company PT. Um, wasn't introduced by Lipton or... Brisk. Brisk. Or... That's brisk, baby. <laughs> uh, in Senar Sosra in 1969 with the brand named Te Botul Sosero, sure. uh, or Sosro Bottle Tea. Okay, Te Botul. Uh, tea Bottle.
0: Ah, so, okay.
1: uh, canned Tea. Uh, no, I like it better as the bottle. <laughs> te Bottle.
0: <laughs>
3: uh, canned
1: Tea is sold... Uh, prepared and ready to drink it was introduced in 1981 in japan in 1983 swiss based food limited was the first <laughs> oh, company it. to bottle iced tea on an industrial scale the vast majority of tea produced as a ready-to-drink product is made with the tea extract or powder and not with the whole leaves brewed as you would at home one company that started their business based on brewing whole leaves is Honest Tea. The slightly sweetened beverage. So while other tea products had a hundred calories per twelve ounces, they came in and did a hundred. Sorry, ten to twenty calories per a twelve ounce serving, and totally revolutionized the tea industry. It was crazy because they they were told time after time, "Hey, this isn't going to work." And the funny thing was that the as they were coming in, this basically started up at the same time as um, uh, <laughs> as um, uh, Whole Foods was basically getting their start. And so this tea was picked up, and they said, "Okay, we'll we'll pick up your tea into our our stores." I think it was around Denver, Colorado, is where they started there. When they started to pick this tea up, there was a period where the company got a couple batches of bad glass that their system didn't catch oh. and early on they had an issue with glass in the bottles
0: oh it's I a constellation was, I, thought we problem. Talking, I thought we
1: weren't
3: talking about constellation
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah so they uh, and it was at two stores of of whole foods and whole foods has a three strikes you're out nobody got hurt from it but they pulled out everything they had in the market out for like two or three months and lost millions of dollars in profit just so they could get rid of everything and start over fresh and say, okay, we're going to go ahead and, and do it right. Um, so that company did really well, exploded um, in what they were doing and was actually purchased by Coca-Cola in 2006. Hmm. A couple of years after that, Pepsi was seeing the success that that honesty was having And Pepsi's created Pure Leaf to compete in that same market.
2: Yeah.
3: This feels very much like Pepsi. Coke's doing something?
1: We'll do it.
2: (laughs) Screw those guys. They're doing a carbonated water? We're going to do a carbonated water.
1: (laughs) Um, So, storage of tea. Uh, Storage conditions and type determine the shelf life of a tea. Black tea is greater than green tea in its storage potential. Um, some, such as flower teas, may last only a month or so. Others, such as pu'er, improve with age. Um, the funny thing with pu'er, the aging didn't come in until it, it was put into shipping. Um, it was, you know, basically on on donkey back packed around and and imported to various areas. And during that time, it aged naturally. So prior to the faster shipping methods was just naturally an aged tea Hmm. then it had to artificially be aged or be put back to be aged when it could be transported in, in months rather than in years So to remain fresh and prevent mold, tea needs to be stored away from heat, light, air, and moisture. Also keeps it from just losing its flavor. Um, Tea must be kept at room temperature in an airtight container. Black tea in a bag with a sealed opaque canister may keep up for up to two years. Green tea deteriorates more rapidly, usually in less than a year. Tightly rolled gunpowder tea leaves uh, (laughs) keep longer. The more open leaves don't keep as long. I was about to say, like, tightly rolled gunpowder um casey <laughs>
2: what are we talking about tightly rolled gunpowder you want to make sure your saltpeter is cut correctly i and...
1: <laughs> uh, yeah that's the gunpowder comes it's a chinese tea and it, it comes in for looking like gunpowder with its very tightly rolled small balls um, storage life for teas of all kind can be ex- Extended by using a desiccant or oxygen absorbing packet, vacuum sealing, or refrigeration in airtight containers, except green tea, uh, where discrete use of refrigeration or freezing is recommended and temperature variation should be kept to a minimum.
0: I so I hadn't had the well, I hadn't even heard of it, the gunpowder tea until you gave me that the the bags before. Oh, um yeah. and that stuff was delicious. It had it, like a smoky quality to it.
2: So do we want to mm. talk about that? It looked like a drug deal going going it on. Did. when definitely yeah. Casey was just like laying baggies of loose like, I have tea loose, for you. and there's like seven
0: bags of loose it, leaf tea. It was
2: all loose leaf in just regular Ziploc baggies that yeah. he's giving her. So it's just baggies of herbs essentially and here's people are like <laughs> Yeah, is that is that drugs?
3: <laughs> See this one here. This one's really gonna have a nice, nice profile. You're gonna you're gonna really enjoy this. This one's gonna take you on a trip. This <laughs> yeah, gonna be a little strong. <laughs> this one over here. This one's my primo, primo <laughs> product. Don't don't give this one to just everyone.
2: This is the Pineapple Express. You're gonna thank me for this one.
1: Uh, oh yes. And oh. they were all.
2: They just had like he had taken a sharpie and written on the bags mm-hmm. names of them. Which is very helpful. So. <laughs> it did not help the situation
0: no but it was helpful for me uh,
1: no, no, no officer, officer it's, it's just, just tea, tea. <laughs> yeah. um, um, i do want
0: to
1: i do want to say though that one thing we did not touch on and it's big in the tea world but it's not really tea is the herbals
0: i was just gonna say that okay because <laughs> it's not really considered tea Wink. Uh, yeah the the herbals um that's the, the, one of the first things I learned, because I, I got a tea book, and obviously I didn't get very far in it, because like, I was like, oh, I'll just start this book two days before we have the thing. Um, but uh, herbal teas basically are uh, tisans, not tea, but they're called herbal teas still, because t- tisan is essentially just something in hot water, <laughs> some kind of flavor in hot water. Uh, but yeah. um, so stuff like, like the sleepy time tea, for example. All of yes. this most of the celestial seasoning stuff is an herbal tea, so technically it's not really tea because <laughs> um, it doesn't come from the tea bush
1: yeah um, Ruibos <laughs> is probably the number one or red bush tea is probably the number one that you're going to find out there. These herbal teas have no caffeine in them right but you can find that there are sometimes blends of tea real true tea and the the herbs in order to make a sort of in-between sort of tea those are good too yeah yeah there's they're all good it's just you know if you're looking at tea versus an herbal tea there is a difference yeah um and herbals usually need full boiling water to open up in a lot longer time because they're they're Fruit pieces and and herbs that don't really have a whole lot of bittering stuff. Enough in them. enough time to make you sleepy. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. 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 Most of them contain like chamomile. Yeah, and, everything's got. Yeah, uh, they all have stuff that. like that.
0: Yeah, I've got like yeah, I've got three boxes of celestial seasonings back there.
3: Let, let me just say today I took a few minutes from from work to go hunt down tea for the episode because uh, you know I plan ahead. Uh, and it took me more time finding where the tea was. (laughs) I got like hunting around, going, "Where in this store do they keep tea? Here's coffee. It's bound to be somewhere near coffee."
2: So logic
3: would dictate, but sometimes
0: that's not even a real
2: thing. In my brain, it cuts to him as Gandalf, and it's suddenly Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) I have no memory of this place. (laughs) (laughs) Looking around.
3: That's becoming more and more of me as I get older. Um, but no, uh, when I finally like it was like, kind of like hunting around, they're like, "Oh, with chamomile, with chamomile, with chamomile, with chamomile." Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I get it. You like chamomile.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, well, I think we all learned been, a bit.
3: Yeah. Yeah, this has been this has been educational.
0: I thought it was all very fascinating. Like I didn't know half of the stuff. Like I would when I was started reading the book, I was like, I would yell stuff out to him. Like, did you know there's six the, kinds of tea? Yeah, she's reading. I'm over
2: here trying to play Civilization. I'm like, no, I'm taking over the world. What are you talking about tea? It's like I've just I've slaughtered an entire house. nation yeah. to get. That's their when tea. you should have said,
3: no, I'm too busy killing people over the tea. Yeah,
2: I was like, no, they wouldn't trade me the tea, so yeah. they had to die. Hmm. That's that's what that came to, yep.
1: because he was playing. Uh, isn't English. tea a Commodity?
2: It, I think it's, it, it, it's, one of the versions of it, it is. In the newest civilization, tea is one of the luxury resources. Luxury mm, items, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. see, there you go. And your people will demand luxury items. <laughs> and it and all ties back tea. in.
3: Gonna end up downloading this again.
2: <laughs> you need to, I've no. freed
3: up. I've freed up some space, and now I'm like, oh. It's
2: goodness. so much lighter on your uh, system this time around. And oh, it, I know. they're promising not to bog it down. I don't know if that'll <laughs> stay. So, all yeah, right. this has been... Awesome. I did not know that much about T until this. I wish I had done all of my homework because Casey rooted up some videos for us to watch. And yeah, then we, we suck and we didn't watch the, video. Didn't watch them.
0: the, the to
3: one, exist. The one history channel thing I didn't watch when they showed programs like that. Right? I missed that, <laughs> <laughs> that stuff. That's it, guys. You're going to love it because it's very
2: how it's made. I, it's oh, It's got I, the yeah. same voice. Oh. There's moving parts. I fell asleep. Love that. Like We went to bed early last night and I didn't get to it. Because we're
0: 90. I, post
1: okay, it t- up onto the site for uh for anybody else out there that wants to
2: but okay, yeah so anyone from diamond club still hanging around we have feedback and some burning questions that need if you, answered. If you saw
0: on twitter yes we oh. got
4: one
2: <laughs> okay curtis uh let us know via twitter brought us in on this uh thing it was uh who was it, was it tyco
3: uh yes tyco brought uh I happened to see this tweet out in the wild and then saw Curtis share us in it. I was like, oh, that's just fantastic. Okay. Talking about <laughs> homebrewing
2: and uh, getting out goat flavors. And then in the tweet, he's like, I want to know how to up my goat. That's so, uh, yeah, And that's uh, Curtis tagged us and was like, any idea what's going on here? And so we're like, a little research is going to have to be done. Well, was... We
1: sent back our uh, our immediate response, though. <laughs>
2: that to, amazing to video yes yes with goats so casey gotta let us know what's up with goaty flavors in beer and how do we up I, as, our yeah. I assume
3: flavors? it has something to do with box.
2: okay i found the tweet real quick
0: the so Tycho bray posted uh i'm reading a book on brewing and it's telling me how to get rid of what it calls quote goaty flavors <laughs> What I need is a mother card uh. hard enough to help me turn the goat up. <laughs>
2: How do we turn the goat up, Casey?
1: So uh, we, let's talk about what goat is. So goat can be like a, a vegetable oily, waxy, kind of goat cheesy, weird flavor that you get. Hmm. Um, it, it comes from caprylic acid or octonic acid. Um, If you want to know what this smells like, you could probably go to your local GNC and get a caprylic acid supplement tab tab, Mm. and like poke that thing open and smell it and you'll know exactly what you're kind of looking for. Um, Even a drop in a beer from that tab will probably, or that capsule will probably be enough to where you can taste it in a beer if you wanted to test this off flavors. Um, So when you're looking at this flavor it can come in from an infection mm. like a brettanomyces infection if it's something that you're not necessarily looking for um some lambics will have this flavor in it um <laughs> all of a sudden now i know why he wanted to turn the goat up <laughs> it's like oh you're getting some bread in here
4: hmm.
1: yeah um it, it's it, so it's a fatty acid is what it is and it's produced by yeast during fermentation Um, It's dependent on pH conditions and lower pH will actually cause this to increase in flavor. Um, If you're going to try to avoid it, you, you do these things. If you want to get more of it, you can do the opposite side, but if you want to avoid it, you pitch enough healthy yeast and aerate your wort. Well, yeast health is going to help um, take care of all that a little bit quicker um, you want to get your beer off the yeast as soon as it's done fermenting, and not leave it on there. And store the beer at cool temperatures. That's that's <laughs> right, kids. Keep your beers off yeast. Uh, <laughs> um, that that those things will help uh, keep your your beer a little bit better taken care of as far as yeast health. But then also keep away from. Uh, the the Brett's so don't bring Brett into your brewery. Don't bring Brett around whenever Brett's a bad friend. Kick him out.
4: <laughs> Brett's an um, asshole.
1: So you Bre- keep you leave Brett alone. He's delicious. <laughs> don't don't drink a lambic on bottling day. Uh, so those are the kind of things that you can kind of use to to keep that a little bit backed off. Um, One... But if you want to turn up the goat, you know.
3: by the way, this whole thing is going to have like out of context things that are gold. Yeah, you want to turn up the goat? You want to
0: this whole episode? Let's be serious. (laughs) Tea had a lot of weird terms. I'm just gonna—we didn't even include some of these. Okay. Tea also had a
3: lot of snickering from me, and I apologize, but I am a child.
0: I blame the (laughs) chat room.
2: (laughs) Thanks, chat. Blame's directed there. It's all good. All right, guys, uh, we've been drinking a lot, uh, including some tea. So what? (laughs) Sorry. Drink with me, friend. (laughs) Have we been drinking? <laughs> I
0: got a little happy on the button there. Uh, yeah, I I finished mine a minute ago, and now I'm just like crap. I wish I got in the water or something. Now I'm like dry as hell. I got a uh, I cheated, and I got a moist, <laughs> a green tea, matcha, green tea latte with coconut milk from Starbucks. Uh, we have a Starbucks that's like uh, stupid close. Um,
2: <laughs> everyone does because it's Starbucks.
0: Yeah. Um, but uh. So Casey and I were talking about that because so I was holding this up while you were reading the the instant thing, Casey. Because this is the stuff that I got at Whole Foods. Uh, it's matcha, but it's in it's instant tea. So mm. um, I put this in huh. the bottom of the mug and like did because uh, we have a Keurig, and you can just do the hot water on a Keurig. Um, it gets it up to you know roughly boiling temperature, and um, did that. And I had I put a little. We had almond milk, put a little of that in it, and it was still, like, missing something. And so then we discovered that Starbucks is probably adding a flavoring element to their latte. But, um, so I'm still trying to find the right uh, combination of things to make the matcha stand out a bit better. And, like, because it's it's like it's missing a flavor if you do, like, just the straight matcha. Uh, But the green tea latte is wonderful. Yeah, otherwise I'm a big fan of matcha, but I like matcha like in stuff. So I'm still trying to find the right way to to drink it, but um like matcha flavored things more matcha. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh but, but like matcha flavored stuff is amazing. It is a, it's a really good taste. But uh, I think green tea is still like my favorite kind of tea. Um I haven't been drinking as much black tea lately because like so black tea like you'll get for uh like Earl Grey. Um the Scottish breakfast tea, which I really like to, uh, that kind of stuff has more caffeine in it. So I haven't really had it for a while.
3: Mine didn't have much caffeine because I found decaffeinated tea. Uh, because... it's just hard, hard to find actually, <laughs> unless it's an herbal. tea, so, <laughs> It was the only thing they had.
1: <laughs> um, what size did you go with on the green tea latte?
0: Uh, grande. Uh, the, okay. It's essentially the medium. <laughs>
1: um, So a lot less caffeine than what a Starbucks coffee would have, but that matcha, where we talked about it has a little bit more caffeine developed in it. Right, Um, It's about 80 milligrams. Oh, wow. Okay. So about standard cup of coffee, not Starbucks coffee.
0: Right. Which is is a different thing. Which
1: is much, much higher, I believe. Which
0: which means Uh, and I don't have these very often anymore at all because of the caffeine thing. So like I haven't had, uh, this is the first bit of actual caffeine I've had in a Good minute. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, which I kind of worked out since it's like I needed to be awake. I don't, I don't know.
3: <laughs> All right. I like it. Uh, I had the only kind of tea that I, I had the tea of captains. The only <laughs> kind of tea I could have allowed myself to have. The tea of youth. <laughs> I had tea. Earl Grey. Hot.
2: Mm. <laughs> I love uh, Earl Grey. I just hear Patrick Stewart ordering it.
3: Yeah, you're right. Uh, no, they 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 had decaf, and they didn't have actually the regular one, which I was fine with because caffeine would probably kill me. Um, yeah. So I, because I haven't had caffeine in so so long, uh, so I just found whatever was there that was Earl Grey. There was nothing super fancy. Uh, it was funny watching me try to brew uh, to brew tea because I had uh, I have no teapot. Hmm. I didn't want to put it in the microwave and guess how long I had to put it in there.
0: Right. And that's kind of blasphemous a little so bit. So
3: I took a saucepan and boiled water <laughs> and then just dumped it into the cup. I'm proud of you on that one.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what we had to do with hot cocoa. We don't have a microwave, so, so.
3: <laughs> Yeah, it was it was entertaining for me just going, All right, screw it. Just put put oven on Good Lord, I'm going to burn my hand off and just wait. They also got to watch me uh, realize for my second uh, second cup of tea. I forgot I left the stove on.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, oh. like
3: well, not during the show, but like I forgot I left like oh. the, the water going while like during in between shows, and I was like duh, 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 looking for things, talking, and then it went. Oh crap!
2: leave <laughs> <laughs> the stove on. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: yes because i'm not a bloody squirrel <laughs> um, we watched that earlier by the way
1: <laughs> so but, earl grey tea
3: yeah i actually pretty I, I enjoyed it uh i did a better job probably the second time because i got more flavor mm. hot, uh, hot, yeah but uh also whole lot of tannins mm.
1: Mm. which means
3: yeah. i don't remember already
1: okay so which means that it was probably a little bit too long um, if you got a lot of those tannins, it either was steeping too long or too hot. Mm. And where it's a black tea, you really go right at boiling or right below boiling. Um, it probably wasn't too hot; it was just steeped a little too long. Probably just a little bit, because I only went about like four minutes or so. Yeah.
0: See, that's the reason uh, of the reason I wanted an electric kettle to, dip, to get the exact temperature. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm. I, I want to get that at some point to help out with that. But, but the, yeah, still yeah. it
3: it was enjoyable. And then once I ran into that, I just went to bourbon.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> no tannins. Um, Yeah. Earl Grey tea is a blend of an oil from the bergamot orange. Um, it's it, it's sort of this weird. I don't know. It's kind of lime looking. It's a citrus fruit that it smells uh, amazing. <laughs> it comes from Italy, and it's very pungent. Earl Grey is is very pungent, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's a very delicious black tea, in my opinion. Chris. What did you have?
2: Okay, skirting around uh, tea. No, no, I did not. So my Mm. two-style beverage that I started with, I had a Maria from Platform Beer Company. This is actually a cider. It comes in at 6.5%. Not applicable on IBUs. They're not to be found because it is a cider. (laughs) So, beer advocate score of three point eight four out of five. The brewery did not have a description available, but we have fruit, fresh pressed, uh, local pressed apples. Yeast is an English cider yeast, and adjuncts are Inca chai tea and vanilla bean because this is a vanilla chai apple cider. So, kind of, kind of squeezing it in there, just barely. Barely making it, and then uh, some people were talking some crap about <laughs> coconut beers, so then I decided to have a Death by Coconut Irish-style porter uh, with coconut added from Oscar Blues Brewery. Mm. Very stuff, good is, stuff is delicious. I highly recommend it. And then after I finished that, I had to move on to a Brewdog Pink IPA. And it uh, says beer for girls. And before you get offended, you need to go check out the news episodes uh, from last, it, week? That last week. Is it last week of the week before? Last week, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, we this talked. <laughs> yes, we did talk a bit about this beer yes. and this can. So if you want to know about that? Go check out that episode. How was
0: the cider though? That's because it sounds good.
2: It was pretty good.
3: <laughs>
0: okay, I, I'm intrigued. The, the vanilla chai. It's
3: <sighs> a thing you love.
0: God. Well, because, okay, so bringing it mm, chai, back to our normal, like, beer conversation. Yeah, like, was it the, uh, it was the Dragon's, dragon's Milk? milk. Mm-hmm. Dragon's Milk Vanilla Chai, and we were all just like, yes. Like, oh. chai is such a good flavor. <laughs> so, just bringing the tea thing into stuff.
2: That beer could be blamed for this whole thing, because it was after we had that that we were all just like, no, craft beer is a thing. <laughs> Yeah, <sighs> uh, yeah, <laughs> so good. All right, so Casey, uh... Casey, let, what was the concoction you were yeah. you were drinking?
1: Oh, I started. I was going to make a cocktail for the evening, but I didn't have an orange, so I wasn't <laughs> very important for what you told me you were going to make. Yeah, I wanted to do a, um, I wanted to do an old fashioned made Earl Grey style. So I did Ooh. that. I made some uh, Earl Grey bourbon, I steeped. Uh, I don't know 2 tablespoons of probably Earl Grey tea overnight in about a cup of bourbon <laughs> and it made a, a deliciously aromatic kind of bergamot flavored bourbon which was a little bit darker and had a little bit of tannin to it not much though um, but I poured that in with some I was I didn't have any sugar cubes so I used brown sugar and then I had I did have the bitters I had two different types of bitters the pechards and the angosturas that I put in there Um, with a i I can forgive brown sugar that could
3: that could be interesting i
1: guess yeah um and then uh, of course the uh cherry was the luxardo cherries you you know that's that's pretty much the only reason i have those
0: i mean that's a requirement (laughs) yeah it's the only reason
1: you
3: have them also you wouldn't you know you wouldn't go without them so (laughs) they're the egg scenario here
0: yeah Yeah. you have to have those
1: Um, And, you know, muddled that all together and and over ice with a splash of water uh, to kind of lighten it up a bit. It tasted okay. The orange definitely was needed in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the whole show, I made that early today, but for the show, I went with just straight tea. And so I've got a bunch of different teas that I've I've kind of accumulated over the past couple of years. And and I just pulled a couple off um, off the shelf. I'm finishing up right now. Uh, Guangzhou's, or Guangzhou's probably, uh, milk oolong. Hmm. So this is an, an oolong tea, of course. Um, it's really a, a great tea to showcase what oolong can be other than just your standard tea flavors. Um, you can get it, let's see, you can get it 80 bucks a pound, so it's not bad at all. Um, that's actually relatively inexpensive for, for some of these teas because a pound will last you a year. Um, mm. You're looking at a teaspoon to make a, a cup of tea. Um,
3: <laughs> convenient how that worked out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: that may be a thing,
0: actually. Maybe. I you're that. like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so milk oolong is uh, kind of on the green side of tea. Um, it's it's fermented or not fermented, but it's it's oxidized just a little bit. But it's enough to make the flavor of the tea turn into this milk flavor. Huh. And it's so interesting because there's nothing added to it, but it tastes and smells like sweetened condensed milk.
4: Mm, and
1: for a tea, the, the flavor comparison is is I can't think of anything else that's even like it. So I was I was really excited to find this tea whenever I, I had it, and then it's become one of my favorites actually. Hmm. Um, I think a bunch of different producers make it. That's one of the things about tea that's hard. You can type in "Hey, I want this tea," and then there's like 15 different people that are selling the same same style. Um, but if you if you find it online, there's a couple different producers that um, are giving it out right now. Um, one right now is selling it for two hundred forty-five dollars per half kilo. Oh my gosh! So that's that's a little bit more expensive than I think what some other producers sell it for.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, and, Kay- and
1: but definitely more expensive than what I bought it at. So, <laughs> uh,
0: Casey, could you, um, if you if you can find it, that is, I don't remember, I don't know when you like bought it, but the the tea the the method by which you're making the tea that the glass oh. uh if you could like gra- throw a link to that um you yeah. can link it on yeah. our our site and on our yeah, absolutely
1: thing. um the <clears throat> the the way it's done i mean there's a bunch of different sets out there you look for a tea set and it'll have um either a tiny pot that you can put this in but the pot gets to be a little bit harder to clean out the pots may be enough to to hold a half a half a cup of water, mm. but it, it, the tea leaves get stuck in there. And I like the, the actual saucer and cup and lid a little bit better. Um, you just put your, your tea inside there and then you use the lid to hold back the tea leaves while you set, while you pour out the, it, it pour it out into a cup, a separate cup or a separate mm. pitcher. Pour some out for your homies.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the first, most of the time, whenever you're using a, a some of these teas, you will pour out the first, uh, because it's just kind of washing off all the, the outside of the tea leaves. So you will pour out leaving, the first batch. You're
3: leaving the worst part for your homies.
1: <laughs> it's it's the most strongly flavored. That's what they want.
0: <laughs> I, I can't wait to. So our, I know we had talked about. And I, I think we definitely should get more into it. Um, the the kind of the different aspects of tea. You know, more in detail. Uh, but like the Japanese tea specifically. Because uh, like the Japanese tea ceremony. Which is kind of a, a big thing. Um, and I, I think at some point along the way, like talking about the different, um, cause we, we kind of touched on it with the different brewing methods, but, um, getting a more, more in detail on that, like what's the difference between like different vessels and things like that. Cause like sure. a lot of the Japanese, um, teapots are clay or cast iron. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be interested to know like the differences in, in how all that works.
1: Yeah. So, um, That's definitely a a cool show that we could definitely do in the future. The, The one thing I do think that we probably should say this episode is that a teapot and a tea kettle are different.
0: Oh, yeah, that's important. Yeah.
1: Um, you, you don't heat up water in your teapot. You heat it up in the kettle and then pour it from the kettle into the pot. Yeah. So, the pot is where the we... tea just kind of hangs out until, yep.
0: until the water happens. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that is it for this episode then, guys. Wow. I believe so. I, I think that was uh, very educational. I liked
2: it.
1: So you can visit us at haveadrinkshow.com for useful links and info about us. Also look for Have a Drink Show on social media, twitch.tv, and YouTube don't forget
3: you can tell us your favorite drink ask a question or just leave some general feedback you can use the email address feedback at com. you can also use the feedback page on the website or twitter, facebook
0: <laughs> any form of feedback really
3: yeah. any form of feedback
0: Sandwich shout
3: really loud outside your window we'll hear it eventually it'll get to us
2: that's how sound works <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all joking fun aside guys like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly even when you're having tea you could have too much tea yeah, you get super wired. You don't know.
3: Be, and remember, unconscious people do not want tea.
2: Mm. They do They do not. Unconscious people do not want tea. Please, everyone, remember that.
0: All right. Uh, so, check us out next Saturday for our next live episode. And remember to check out patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
3: I'm Justin Fraser.
2: I'm Christopher Walker.
0: I'm
3: Casey
1: Price. Price. We'll see you next week.
2: Bye, guys. Bye.